0: Praise the Lord. Good to see you Living Hope Belfast. We absolutely love you guys and uh, a massive thank you as well to the church, to Pastor Matt and Athena, uh, whom we love dearly as you know, Uh, just for your connection with us as a couple, uh, but also with CCI and Living Hope Belfast hosted our uh, network for Northern Ireland there on Thursday evening and Praise the Lord with all the tray bakes and sandwiches I put on a stone in one in, in, in one evening in one evening glory to God so I'll be praying that off later, but. Just uh, the heart that you guys have for what God is doing on the island is absolutely incredible. You know, when you see Reese with the team at Pulse, and you see Pastor Matt pouring in and lecturing our up-and-coming leaders in the academy, uh, and as I say, hosting the network, you guys are just phenomenal. And just what you're doing locally is more than enough to be getting on with, but we praise God for all that God is doing in and through this church. A year ago I was here and I got behind this pulpit which I consider a a massive privilege and there'd been a disaster in increasingly. Do you remember there'd been the explosion at the petrol station? And I got behind the pulpit today and we're all looking at the horrors that are happening in Israel at this time and uh, I wonder again, forgive me if you'd indulge me, could we just all stand and just pray a blessing um, on Israel and Oh, Jesus, Lord, our hearts are broken, God, what we've perceived, what we've seen, Lord God, what we've taken in, Lord Jesus, maybe some images, Lord God, that even were too much for eyes or hearts, Lord God, but Lord, in Jesus' name, Father God, we're just looking at the horrors, but there's people living in that horror right now, and God, we pray in Jesus' name. Oh God, you say, Lord God, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And, God, we pray for Jerusalem. We pray for Israel. We pray, Lord God, for these precious people, oh God. Lord God, we, we, we pray for the innocent people on both sides, Lord God. When there's war, Lord God, and when there's fighting, the, the innocents on both sides are pulled in, Lord God, even against their own wills. And we just pray, God, Lord Jesus, dare I say that you would use this, even, Lord God, to draw people to you, because you surely are the prince of peace. Lord God, may peace and, and, and love increase in that region, Oh God. And Lord God, we pray that the day will come where they will all bow the knee to your Lordship. But God, we pray at this time that peace would come in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you guys. Appreciate that. As your screen can tell you, uh, I want to I speak today about togetherness. I, I feel in my heart that there is an attack on unity in our churches like never before. There's always been an attack on unity, and we know that where there's unity, the Lord commands his blessing. And so we can understand how the enemy would try and distort that or disrupt that, because the enemy doesn't want... Living Hope Belfast, blessed under the commanded blessing of God. Not just under his blessing, under the commanded blessing of God. So, so the enemy will always try and get in and bring disunity or discord. And one of the ways that we can fight that as Christians and as a church is to be closer together than ever before. I think there's temptations, even among Christians these days, because of social media platforms for different Christians, even within the same church who have differing opinions, to be seen online on a weekly basis, having a go, giving their opinions about this, that and the other. And every one of us has freedom to share our opinions, absolutely. But also there's real seasons where we just need to be silent and we need to just be wise And and sometimes the enemy can use the opinions of different believers to really draw disunity into even a house of God, even into a church. We can see people that are very, very vocal about stuff that at the end of the day is not as significant as expanding the kingdom of God and sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And and dare I say there's some issues that you might be passionate about but the main issue that we have to be ultimately passionate about is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we've been absolutely all called to in unity. We've all been called to this marvellous good news. We've all been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, the finished work on the cross, amen. We've all been filled with the same spirit of God to be empowered to live this Christian life and to advance the kingdom wherever we live, wherever we do life, wherever we work, wherever we go to school, wherever we go to college. And what a, what a joy it is to be able to be reminded of all that we have in common and all that we can do together. And when we are together, incredible things can happen. I think when I see, when I see business leaders in uh, Ireland, when I see sports people in Ireland, and they are saying that we are better together, it breaks my heart sometimes that the penny hasn't dropped in God's church that we are better together, uh, and that we will do exploits on behalf of the king when we are together. In my marriage, in my family, in my neighborhood, in my church, we are better together. when, When I'm separated from Susan, I just feel a bit weaker, a bit vulnerable, but when I'm with my wife, we are better together. Last night, we went out for a meal. We were celebrating our twin boys' 24th birthday. 24, my Lord. Can you pray for Susan? She's just getting older and older. <laughs> just just lesser. It's, 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 it's dreadful. But, but we, we are better together. And as we were there and we were looking around the table and we were celebrating our boys, just the joy of being together. We love it. And it's not as common as it used to be as they're getting older and doing their own thing. But we realise that togetherness is a gift. And we understand togetherness even in a theological sense when we understand our God. Our God, the Godhead, is an expression of togetherness. We have the three in one, the one that are three, and they are eternally together, eternally in unity. And this is the one that we have been made in the image of. God is complete togetherness. We also understand that togetherness is a choice. We know that people can be in the same space and yet choose to be alone. You can be in the same house, you can be in the same church and still choose to be alone and not choose to be together with everybody else. The New Testament church were compelled by God's love to seek and participate in togetherness. It was a mark of the early church. They totally understood that they were better together. Deeply connected through shared conviction, with a passion for God's purpose, and a deep love for each other. Amen. <laughs> oh a, deep, a deep love for each other. That, that changed the lives of those that were looking in on them. Jesus said, they, they'll know your mind by the love you guys have for each other. Amen, we'll we'll keep going on and and in Acts chapter 2 we read, and and we love this as Pentecostals, we read in Acts chapter 2 verse 1 it said, when the day of Pentecost came they were all together in one place. Could it be possible to argue that if if there was no togetherness the Holy Spirit wouldn't have come? Would that be a good argument to make? Togetherness draws the presence of God. Togetherness draws the moving of God's spirit. You go on in Acts chapter two, and we we understand that they spent their time learning the apostles' teaching, sharing, breaking bread, and praying together. The believers met together in the temple. They met together in the temple every day. They ate together. They ate together in their homes. And they were happy to share their food with joyful hearts. They praised God and were liked by all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Hallelujah. Why would the Lord add to their number daily? Could it be because they were truly together in this? That God could trust them with new converts because they were exemplifying his heart, they were imaging him in their togetherness, in their oneness. We, We live in such a throwaway consumer society. People have more choice of which church they can go to than ever before. And so if the church that they go to at the moment isn't scratching the itch, sure there's just one down the road and we can go there. But but when people understand the truth of the importance of togetherness and finding a place where we can be together, embedded in with each other, and we can give ourselves into that togetherness, such a difference is made in the way that you understand church and the way you express church and the way that you live church. A website listed some great quotes that highlight the importance of real togetherness. And I loved some of the phrases that it said. It said, togetherness is about heart not habit. Togetherness is about love, not location. Togetherness is about conviction, not convenience. Togetherness is about vulnerability and not just visual presence. Togetherness is about real forgiveness and not just putting up with people. Who I just found that so convicting. And I was just asking as I read that about, you know where I have responsibility as a shepherd in St. Mark's in Dublin. Are we all heart? Are we all love? Are we all conviction? Are we vulnerable one with the other? Do we have that genuine, deep, vulnerable togetherness? And do we live in a state of forgiveness one with the other? I'm going to turn in our Bibles and see what God's Word has to say. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7-11, to We're going to see what God says rather than what Sean Malarkey says. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you receive to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Just a few points today, brothers and sisters. And sometimes you feel a message like this in your heart, and you feel, Lord, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir with this one. But it's extraordinary how we can leave the ABCs of our faith behind and get distracted by the world that we live in. The early church were known as a church that prayed together. And a sign of healthy togetherness is a strong praying church. There's an old saying that says that the family that prays together stays together and i think there's there's a truth in that and there's a truth in our in our family that is our church as well but what we just read there from that letter that peter wrote is that we need to pray together because time is short the end of all things is near it said in verse 7 therefore be alert and of sober minds so that you may pray the, the first reason that we need to pray together more than ever before is because the end is nigh. Now, I don't know if the Lord's gonna come back this afternoon, next week, next month, next year, or in a 100 years. I don't know, Jesus doesn't know. But but what I do know is that the early church and the church of today have to live with the anticipation that the Lord could come back tomorrow. And and living with that understanding that the end is nigh, what should we do? Go on to social media, no it doesn't say that. The end of all things is near, therefore we need to be of sober mind so that we can pray. When we are of sober mind, not going around like headless chickens and putting all our opinions about end times online, when we are of sober mind and we are alert, we pray, we pray together because we understand that the end of all things is near. And I don't know about you, but but looking at all of the stuff that's coming at us shouldn't in any way fill us with fear or anxiety, but it should bring us to our knees in prayer. And there's an awful lot of things happening in our world at the moment. And again, we don't know the timetable, and we don't know how quick it's going to happen, and we don't know how far away we are from the end, but we do know that according to the scripture, the end of all things is near. So we are of sober mind, and we are, are alert and we pray together. We pray together because it builds us up in faith, even if we are the ones living in end times. We pray together because it improves our praying, And we get to pray for each other and we get to teach praying which is such a gift that we can give to the church one of the things that I notice in my own church and that I notice as I travel around and to be honest I haven't been in any prayer meetings in this church to be able to make this sort of a statement about Living Hope Belfast but one of the things I've noticed in in St. Mark's is that young people don't really pray And, and, sorry, that's not judgment and that's not giving off. And I'm not even talking about when they're at home. I'm praying that they pray at home and that they pray in their schools and their colleges. I just mean when we gather pre-service, when we gather for prayer meetings, I normally hear the voices praying out loud of, of the older Christians. And, and the younger Christians, I don't know whether they're shyer or they just feel oh, I'll let the older ones get on with it, but there's part of me that is just longing to hear those younger voices praying out. Because that shows that we're together and that they don't feel that there's kind of like this hierarchy of kind of the people who are really holy and us. And, and I really am so challenged by this in my own life, in my own home, in my own church, that when we pray together that we're giving examples of praying and seeking the Lord and beseeching the Lord and petitioning the Lord but we also should be passing on those skills to the younger generation coming up so that they can be learning how to pray and we're praying together and there's this desire to pray because the end of all things is near, but there's a desire to pray so that we're equipping the church and all the ages in the church to pray and to be together in prayer. said all the believers, all the believers, there's no age specific denotion there, all the believers pray, they devote themselves to the apostles teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread and to prayer. Prayer was foundational and critical from the very beginning they understood the importance of praying together as a group no matter what their age difference was. We also understand that when we pray together we see supernatural things happen and we have such a hunger to see more and more of the supernatural happening in our lives. Sadly though, sometimes prayer is not so much the first place that we go to but sometimes it's the last resort. And wouldn't it be brilliant in our togetherness as a praying community if, not just among ourselves, prayer was the first thing that we thought of whenever there was a problem, but when people in the locality have a problem, the prayer meeting here is the first place that they run to, to bring their request and say, will you pray, will you pray, will you pray. Being a Christian in schools and colleges and workplaces, definitely in Dublin can be very, very difficult at times. And I often think of my own dad, God bless him. And my dad worked in the civil service there for the last 10 years before he retired uh, in Dublin in the the state solicitor's office. And my dad had a a, a little table, very much like that, a wooden table in his office. And uh, when I say office, he had a little room off to the the left in one of the floors. And dad would always have his Bible open. And and there was years where it was like, uh, he was the weird guy with the Bible and Dad used to love to kind of give out you know, little kind of devotionals to different staff and all of that and so there you had some of the kind of elite of legal minds and judges and working with cases that were, the government was fighting or whatever. But over time when people had needs where do you think they went? Did they go to the highest judge in the land? Did they go to the executives? Did they go to the great minds of legal understanding? No, they went to the guy that they thought was a bit weird with the Bible on his wooden desk. And they went and asked him for prayer. And so their request would become part of our prayer meetings in church. This is an amazing church. And when the understanding that you are together in prayer begins to break out all over the place you begin to see people coming and saying will you get living and hope to pray for me this week? I'm going through this, this is happening to me because when there's an understanding that we're praying together it just tends to leak all over the place and it just has an incredible impact. Prayer is the power to transform all of us in so many ways And let that good news begin to flow from this place because there's so many people that need breakthrough in their lives. And we have this engine room of prayer in this great church that we can be together in prayer in, seeing the results of God's supernatural expression break out. God is so delighted to move when we gather together in his name because even where two or three gather, there he is in the midst. And he's just loving to see people gathered together in his name, praying, having faith. All of those things that are so simple and yet consider it from God's perspective. If he sees two or three or five or six or 16 or 18 or 28 and 32, whatever it is, and he sees them coming together to pray, I just think, I just think the Lord is like, oh. They're gathering because they trust me. They know I'm going to work on their behalf. They know that they would be heard by me." What a blessing to be able to pray together. One of the, the most challenging things of togetherness is love, isn't it? Because we annoy each other. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Amen? Praise the Lord. Just, we, we, we annoy each other at times. And, 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 and if we're completely honest, we also know in church that there's people that we find easy to love, and then there's the other people, amen? And, 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 that, and that's the reality, that's the reality, in, I, have, I have four children, and believe me, in different seasons some of my children have been easier to love than others, amen? amen? I love them all, they're fantastic people, the Lord blessed them, but there's a few times I wanted to get a few of them adopted and just to bless them into another house. We we all have these feelings, and we all know that this is the reality of life. And God God doesn't think that we're like super saints playing harps on clouds. God knows that we all have feelings, and we all have toes that can be stepped on, and nerves that can be upset. Amen? We can be honest, we're in church now, brothers and sisters, amen? (laughs) And God God knows all of this yet God still insists that we love each other and love together. Yeah. Do you know that God believes that we can love each other and he has empowered us the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you and me. So, so when we come home from church and we're dissecting the sermon that Pastor Matt gave or we're kind of talking about that person who was a bit grumpy this morning or we're saying that so-and-so didn't give me a handshake this morning, whatever it is we're talking about over our roast dinner in two hours' time, whatever it is, God still knows in all of our weakness and fragility that we have the potential by the power of his Holy Spirit to love each other and to bless each other, to love together. It said there in verse 8, above all, above all, above all. We just read it there in First Peter chapter 4, above all, love each other deeply. Not, not, not thinly, not superficially, not Sunday-hugged love. Oh I, lo- oh, I love you in the Lord. And in our minds thinking, God, I won't be seeing them for another week. Like that's, that's, that's God doesn't want that. God wants us to love each other deeply. Why? Because love covers over a multitude of sins not just not just when people step on my toes or people annoy me or get on my nerves love covers over all of that but love covers over a multitude of sins such as the depth of God's love such as the reality of God's love such as the truth of God's love that means that togetherness can work so even if one of my brothers or sisters sins against me I have love and love covers over a multitude of sins so we can have truly functional togetherness because we have such a love that even sin isn't going to break our love. Amen. Even, even sin isn't going to break our love because love covers over a multitude of sins. We were, we were sharing this with the, with the team on Thursday night. About the emotional well-being of our ministers and our leaders and making sure that they were okay and making sure that if they were tempted or if they were in a challenging situation or if they were going through a tough time that they would have no problem coming to us to say please pray for me please be there for me please help me I feel very weak I feel very vulnerable this is the way that the church should be the church should be a place of togetherness that if someone feels that they're a bit weak or about to fail or fall that they can come in and they can say please help me and together we help each other because surely the place of the weak should be the place of church the place where people feel you know If people feel weak and they can't feel that they can come to church, do we have real togetherness? People who are failing, people who have failed, people who have put their foot in it, people who are about to put their foot in it, they should come into the the togetherness of the love of the local church. May we have a place that people feel that they can come to and be safe in. Colossians 3 verse 14 says, beyond... All these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. So when you're asked what is love, you can say love is the perfect bond of unity, according to Colossians 3.14. Brothers and sisters, above all things, beyond all things, love is the most important thing. Above prayer meetings, above Bible studies above church programs, love is where it's at. Love is the key to genuine forgiveness, to genuine togetherness, to genuine love. Togetherness involves real love, it involves a love that endures, it involves a love that is deep, it involves a love that forgives, it's a love that considers others better than ourselves. This is all scripture I'm quoting to us. People say, you know, when I get my stuff sorted, then I love. No, love now. Love now. Even if, it's, even if it's weak love, just love now and the Lord will build it. The more we exercise whatever it is, even our, our bodies, the better we get at it. The, the more we exercise our love, even if it's a little bit of love. Even, even if you're more annoyed today than feeling loving, just exercise your bit of loving over the cup of tea afterwards. And as you exercise the loving, the loving will increase and the loving will grow. People say, when we get to the perfect place, the perfect church, the perfect building, then we love better. That's like like a a challenged couple in their relationship saying, you know, we'll sell this house, and we'll move to a, a better house. When we get to the better house, then we love each other better. No, love each other now. Love each other better now. When was love dependent on structures and everything external to us? Love is what's going on in our hearts. Love is what's going on from the inside out. In First Thessalonians 5 we read in verse 10 that Jesus died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep we may live together with him. Therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. What would be the evidence of my love? Well, when I'm truly loving in the togetherness of Living Hope Church, I will not call it my business to tear people down, I will see it my business to build people up. Do you you guys, sorry, I'm not not looking for names or faces, but I I find in church that there are people that feel like they're the self-appointed tear-down people, uh, and they, they feel that they have the gift of being able to put people and leadership in its place and I thought that was God's job and our job is to love each other and build each other up and, and then if there's other stuff, well, God's, God's quite big and God can sort stuff out and God can see the heart but, but we're not called to tear each other down and we're not called to be the ones that have the opinion of judgement on everything and everyone going on in church, we're just called to love each other and that's how we are different from the world. And that's how we are different on social media. And that's how we are different in the way that we express the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 4, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And anyone who does not love does not know God. God. John 13, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also must love one another. By this will all people know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And Romans 12, verse 10, if you want one more scripture, here you go. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. That's the ESV version of that scripture. We'll outdo each other in showing honor. <laughs> Imagine, imagine, you were going to church saying now if so-and-so is going to honour Reese, I'm going to outdo the honour that they give Reese. Outdo each other in honouring people. How, how amazing would that loving be in a church where you're, you're, you're driving to church and going, do you know what, today I'm going to try and outdo people in the way I honour everyone. Amen. One of the fruits of togetherness and one of the expressions of real togetherness is enjoyment, enjoyment of each other. Not putting up with each other, enjoying each other and being delighted to go to church and to see each other. Not coming to church out of duty because it's Sunday, but coming to church because your family's there. Amen. Massive difference, massive, massive difference. First Peter 4 verse 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. There are so many things that this church is putting on. And at times the church is going to need the use of your home or the use of your car, the use of your home maybe for small groups or Bible studies, whatever Pastor Matt and the team have on their hearts. There's going to be times that there's going to be people on the periphery that need to lift the church. And so we're able to offer in hospitality and in togetherness, our homes and our cars together to people so that they can all come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. The early church, they shared everything that they had together. In fact, a lot of them sold up what they had and put it in the pot. We're not even asking for that, amen. We're just saying what we have, we, we use and we bless. And so, you know, this isn't something that we just kind of talk about ourselves preach about we, we have you know meals in our home as I'm sure you do as well we have uh, a life group in our home on a, on a Wednesday evening and praise God I have to be honest that there's some Wednesday evenings we've had a very very busy day Susan's been at work in the school I've been working away and then we get home we just put our dinner down inside our shirts and then it's like oh my lord we have to tidy the house and I'd love to say that every Wednesday we do it without grumbling There's some Wednesdays myself and Susan go, why do we put this on ourselves? What are we doing? What are we thinking? And then there might be some times that myself and Susan are a bit tired and overtired, and we might be a bit snipey with each other. But then the bell rings, and there's Christians at the door. We open the door. Oh, come, the Lord bless you. The Lord, the Lord bless you. We, We have been singing in unison, myself and my wife, come into our abode in the Lord. Togetherness, togetherness takes work. Togetherness isn't easy. And, and sometimes togetherness can be quite tough, but it's always worth it. And every time that the group is leaving on a Wednesday evening, myself and Susan look at each other and we go, thank you, Jesus. We are being constantly blessed, constantly enthralled, constantly infilled, by the brothers and sisters that come to our life group, we're getting to know them better. We're getting to know them as family. And it's amazing the way the Lord has used us to, to make us stronger as Christians and as followers of Christ. Who are you doing life with? Are you enjoying the brothers and sisters that are in this place? Have you been in each other's homes? <laughs> the, Hospitality is a gift to the family from God, a gift to a church, a gift of togetherness. Hospitality encourages us to enjoy the Lord and to enjoy each other and when we offer hospitality then you know we're really together. When you're, when you're, when you're doing Christianity out of errors, when you're doing your Christianity away from Sunday morning, you're really together. Psalm 133 verse one, behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Ephesians four verse three encourages us to be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. What we want is to be a people that truly love and enjoy each other. And one of the ways that that's expressed is hospitality. And I have to say that when it comes to hospitality, this church is one of the best I've ever come across. Honest to the Lord, I was dreaming about some of those tray bakes going down the road <laughs> on Thursday night. And just the heart of Pastor Matt and Athena, they're so welcoming and warm that you'd want to be stoned not to feel loved when you walk into this place. The welcome and the, the lobby there, the, the team of people that you've got here, I know churches, honestly, I'm not waffling, and this isn't kind of, oh, Sunday preach. There are are churches on this island that would absolutely bite my hand off for half of the team that you have here. With their love and their hearts and their pouring out, you're a very, very blessed church. I don't know if you realize that. You're very, very blessed. And so it's great to be able to love on them and bless them and even offer your hospitality to your team. And last point, I say that to give you hope, we get to serve together. We get to serve, and we, and we read there in First Peter chapter 4, each of you should, this isn't an option, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. If you've got if you have the strength to come to church today, you've got the strength to serve. Hallelujah. Serving can look so many like so many different things in so many different ways. And we can serve in so many different capacities. And all I know is that the church is motoring when all the parts of the body do their bit. Just like my body. When when, when all the bits of my body are functioning well and doing what they're meant to be doing, honestly. This sounds like a prideful statement, but I love my body. But, but whenever whenever something's out of gyp or like, you know, the knee was there a few weeks ago or you know, I've had a lot of lower back issues, I can tell you, when each part isn't doing its part, I, I don't love my body, I find it very, very difficult to love my body in those times. And, and it's really kind of s- stiff and hard whoa, to do what I need to be doing. So all of these things are in place in my body so that I can function with joy and I can function as I'm meant to be functioning. And it's the exact same with this body of Christ here. And all of the people who've got skills and gifts to make this church a better place. I think think there's going to be an incredible sign-up for visitation, Pastor. I, I can feel it. Amen. The visitation team, it's going to be like, guys, we have to close it off. Because there's, there's too many people that want to love other people. We have to switch off the amount of people on the visitation team. Church is all about us using our gifts to serve and love each other. God provides the gifts and we get to express them. You don't even have to worry. What, what do I have to do? God's given you a gift. And if it's bacon tray bakes that blessed man's belly from Dublin glory to God use that gift whatever the gift is we all have gifts that can make our body a better body and a better blessing Hebrews 10 let us consider let us consider consider think about it how we can spur one another on towards love and good works not neglecting to meet together or somewhere in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day of the Lord drawing near Acts 20 35, in all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. We know all this stuff. This is the word of God and we love it. Galatians 5, for you were called to freedom, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Hallelujah. God is calling us to serve each other. It expresses togetherness. It expresses love for each other. It expresses humility. It expresses so much that's great about Christianity when we serve each other and we're seeking to love on each other. The world is full of consumers. Let's not make the church like that. The world is full of consumers. The church is full of givers and servers. There's a blog called The Crossing Blog and they had a thing called 12 Awesome, I'd say it was American, 12 Awesome Benefits of Serving Others. I'll go through them quickly. Serving Others gives you purpose. Number two, serving others gives you joy. Number three, serving others reduces stress. Number four, serving others leads to a longer life and then they had a little note to kind of prove the signs of that which I haven't got time to read. Number five, serving others connects you to others. Number six, serving others shows what following Jesus is all about. Number seven, serving others allows you to join in what God is doing. Number eight, serving others gives you an avenue to use your gifts. Number nine, serving others gets your focus off yourself. What a joy that would be. Number 10, serving others teaches you humility. Number 11, serving others allows you to make a difference in another person's life. And number 12, serving others advances the kingdom of God. What is not to like? in serving and using our gifts. I was in a church, an American megachurch, you can imagine thousands upon thousands of people and I was talking to this lady and she said, the people that I'm closest to and connect most with are the people I went on mission to Ireland with. And She was part of a team of about 12 to 14 people that went to Ireland on mission and what she was expressing was, togetherness and serving together brings us closer together so brothers and sisters this is a really simple message please in Jesus name I pray that no one would be insulted by just the simplicity of today's message but also reminding us all of basic scriptures and basic understanding of being a Christian that we all know and love but you know what sometimes I need to be re reminded of the basics of what I've been called to can we all stand And, and, and could, could you join hands the person, to the, each side of you? And across the aisles as well, just join hands. Praise God. Just across the aisles as well. Even the sound desk, they're joining hands. Amen. There's a move of the Spirit happening. <laughs> Lord, I just want to pray for this fantastic church, Lord God. I want to pray for my brothers and sisters here, Lord God. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that to be such even a sense of what we're doing physically would happen spiritually. That sense of connection and new togetherness. Lord God, there are amazing things that you have in store for this church. And the only thing that can thwart them is disunity. But Lord, we are praying for stronger and better togetherness. So God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this day and we thank you for your word and we thank you for Living Hope Church and we thank you for Pastor Matt and Athena and we thank you for the fantastic team and all the volunteers and all the members of this body and we pray in Jesus' name, may we love together better. May we serve together better. May we enjoy each other together. May there be such a sense of God's spirit resting on this place. May the prayer meetings increase, O God, as there is more praying together, O God. Lord in Jesus' name, O God, would you set this church up, O God, for the incredible wins that you have in store for them, O God? Lord in Jesus' name, O God. May this area and beyond be so impacted, O God, simply because of a fresh obedience to your word, O God, that Lord Jesus, there will be nothing that will divide and conquer. There will be only that which expresses that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who saved us. So God, in Jesus' name, we pray the blessing of unity, the commanded blessing of unity upon this house. And we pray that they would be together like never before and that the togetherness of this house will, oh God, result in it being known far and wide as a place that people need to be. Lord, bless this church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.